0: Audio Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that's going to show you that you can do anything you motherfucking want to do. Also, we're going to drink some wine and talk about some women that you probably haven't heard of because our history books are bullshit. I'm Kelly.
0: I'm Emily, and I am digging the aggression in that po- in that Thank you. intro, like.
1: I'm all riled up for
0: some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we just got done doing a guest spot on another podcast, uh, the chaos cast. And actually, you might be able to hear that like tomorrow. I think they come out on Tuesday. Yes,
1: we will obviously post it when it comes out. So yeah, so uh, uh check that. that out.
0: We basically the assignment was to come up with like the craziest historical story you could think of. And good God, we delivered in spades. Like it was it was insane. And it wasn't even about a woman. No, no, we uh we totally deviated. There were there was one unnamed woman in our story. She is uh, referred to uh, as the white. Two,
1: because there was a daughter.
0: There were actually three unnamed three daughters. Or two daughters. So three unnamed women. Yeah, We are and one named woman at the very end. Terrible feminists. Yep. Uh, we we did. We did sneak a little history in there at the end. How can we make the circle back? But yeah, if you want to check that out, listen to the chaos cast wherever you listen to podcasts. Right after this episode. Yeah, don't don't leave. Right after these empowering messages. And welcome to Whining About Herstory. We haven't said the name, but you know what? Y'all can I d- read. I did the
1: rest of it. <laughs> Y'all
0: are literally, you can read. It's right there. You know what you clicked on. We're living in an age where you have unprecedented control over your media and right. you know what you're getting into. It's like when someone misspells
1: my name, even though my name is in my email address at work, and I'm like, really?
0: I actually, uh... I was doing an internship thing and the person I was corresponding with, their name was Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I. Actually, shit, I don't remember what it was. It was either Cindy or Sydney, whatever their name was. I did not write the correct one. And I typed in emails over and over and over their wrong goddamn name because my brain auto-corrected. Well, plus I know
1: know my name gets sometimes auto-corrected by like word and stuff. I love that when I'm typing something and it's like, your name is wrong. And I'm like, no, it's
0: fucking not. Don't let anyone tell you you're wrong or your name is wrong, especially not technology. No. So- this is all about women doing whatever they motherfucking want, yeah. including spelling their names in non-traditional ways exactly. or so traditional that no one spells it that way anymore in Kelly's case. isn't it K-E-L-L-E-Y, like the traditional Irish spelling.
1: Yeah, but it's usually more of a last name than a first name when it's spelled with the extra E.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? All last names are first names if you're not a coward. It's true. Just like all names are gender neutral if you're not a coward. There you go. All right, well, we're just laying down life lessons. Uh, before we get started, I do want to shout out our merch shop again. I am actually wearing our get ready for some linguistic butchery cropped hoodie, and it is perfect because today we got our first snow, and it's been rain, snow, it's rain, snow, bullshit. wet and cold bullshit. Maybe, All that, day. maybe that's why I'm so aggressive. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> and I was, I was wearing our, um, when the tough, what? When, when the, the t- going gets, gets tough, tough, the tough get tipsy, uh, sweatshirt the other day. And it was also very warm and cozy.
0: It's yeah. I'm super excited. I also got our, uh, free flying spinster on the fringe crop top. And that is like one of my favorite shirts right. now. All of our stuff looks real good guys. Yeah. So you can find that, uh, on our website at whiningaboutherstory.com. Also, our link tree has the link to our merch shop. So yeah, go check it out. Check it out. Support small businesses. Also, special little message for our patrons. If you donate at the, I believe, $10 a month level for you get a 10% off code. The new shop that we're using doesn't allow us to create discount codes, but what we are doing is creating a funerary cult exclusive shop that also has exclusive merchandise that funerary cult members can only get. Yes.
1: And that will be out very soon. Yeah.
0: I'm actually, I have to adjust all the prices individually, which involves a lot of math, but everything is going to be 10% off across the board. And you get exclusive merch. So it's taking us a little longer to get that off the ground, but you're actually going to get more. Yeah. So get your funerista, funerarian swag going, baby. I know. I'm,
1: I'm totally going to buy one of them.
0: I know. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all I have for news. Chaos Cast, merch shop, funerary mm-hmm. cult. Yeah, that's really all that's going on right now. Also, thank you so much to uh, our patrons. Like, we've gotten some new patrons recently, and I just want to say, we, we see love you, we love you. Oh my God, what? <laughs> I cry a little every time someone becomes a patron because I still can't believe people are like, I'm going to financially support this madness. Right.
1: We've also gotten a few emails from people, both patrons and non-patrons, and we see you
0: too, and we love you. Oh God, we love your emails. Although, also, oh, actually, I almost forgot. We do have a say, say their name to our new German correspondent. Oh, yeah. Sasha. Not sushi. Not Sasha. sushi. <laughs> so Sasha has been catching up on our episodes. And there was an episode where we were trying to pronounce, um, I think it's Ola. And I, I think so. We pronounced it Oli. In the uh, Nor Norwegian, I do
1: I do wonder if there is a difference. And I'm not calling Sasha out. I'm not calling you out. But I am I am wondering if there is a difference between how like Germans pronounce it and how the Scandinavians pronounce it. That
0: being said, uh, Oli. Like Oli and Lena, I think might be spelled entirely differently. Yeah, probably. But Sasha was nice enough. She reached out to us and she's like, hey, I listened to this and I know you guys really try to do your pronunciations correctly. And she sent us a voice recording of her saying the word. So like, oh, my God, it was first of all. Stunning, it blew my mind. Beautiful recording. I was like,
1: I've been saying this wrong my whole life,
0: yes. Uh, but also, she offered to help us pronounce any other like German words that we might struggle with, i.e., all of them.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited, and we will definitely hit you up when we have stuff.
0: Also, Kelly scared the absolute hell out of me because she saw the message before I did, and she was, I, I think, Kelly was the one trying to pronounce it, but we both settled on Oli. Uh, and she's like, oh no, we, we pronounced something wrong and I feel really bad. And I texted her back and like, Kelly, on a scale of one to 10, how devastated am I going to be reading this message? Because I can't handle a lot said today. Four. You said five. Oh. I went mid range. Cause I was like, I don't know. And you know what? Sasha's message could not have been any nicer. Mm. She's like, I'm catching up you guys are awesome. Here's a little help. And I'm like, I appreciate that so much. And I'm also really appreciative when we have screwed up, whether it be pronunciations or facts or anything else, our listeners have been incredibly understanding. And I think it's, they give us the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, they're trying their best and I'm going to help them. And we really appreciate that. So Sasha is our say their name today. Heck yeah. Not sushi. Apparently someone pronounced her name sushi. For like like, an entire year. I'm like, okay, we don't, we're not that bad. (laughs) Like, right? I I believe she
1: made the joke that she's like, well, at least like my nickname tasted good or something. And I'm like, that
0: is true. (laughs) I do love some sushi. But yeah, Sasha, cheers to you. Yeah, I'm so excited we have a a German correspondent now. Ooh. So so fancy. Now we have no excuses to screw up. Or, I mean, we still can. We
1: don't have a French correspondent. Or do we
0: have someone to blame when we screw up?
1: (laughs) Silver lining. If you speak French, I don't want to know about it. I am happy with mispronouncing my French words. Sasha doesn't
0: want us to know. Like, she's like, German's all I'm offering, guys. (laughs) She's like, I know even I can't help you with French. all right well uh let's move on to our wine so i believe we've had this wine before but it's been long enough where i'm not entirely sure so let's just do this we are returning to our friend f Stephen millier and uh, we are drinking his california moscato because i love a good moscato and it's not bubbly so kelly can also drink it
1: Yay! and this is from
0: my uh naked wines box so the back reads dear angels I have been lucky enough to be the head winemaker at a small, award-winning Californian winery. Yep, I've definitely definitely heard this back before. Yep, Uh, I I recognized it when I saw the word hankered. Mm. But I've always hankered after the opportunity to make my own special wine, so thank you for stepping in and supporting me. As without your financial support, it simply wouldn't have happened. Mm. I don't know, you are a small, award-winning winery. Mm. Like I I love humble he's like break. Oh, I'm I'm just like so small and I won a fuck ton of awards, on humble brag. <laughs> but yeah, so I we I've always liked his wines. Here here's the thing. Yeah, they're I'm, always really good. I make him fun of uh Stephen here, but all of his wines have been really good. So Kelly, what should we cheers to? Sasha. Cheers to Sasha. Like again, Thank you for anyone who's given us corrections and been just so nice about it, because I'm always terrified. Like, every episode's like, and, and this is where we And thank you to those canceled. who <laughs> hear
1: our pronunciations and just roll their eyes, because they're like, yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah. Thank you we for- We love all of you. Special shout out to those who hear our pronunciations, think they're correct, and then use them in their everyday lives.
1: Cheers. Cheers. For our linguistic butchery.
0: That's why I wore the sweatshirt. I'm like, oh, this is this going to be full of it. Yeah, mine probably will be too. Yep. I, I do not have a French story, though, so we should either, be okay. But
1: I do have some Native American names, and so I'm guessing on some of them, but they're pretty common ones um, from like around this area, yeah. so I think I'm saying them correctly.
0: Again, very happy with this wine. It's mellow. It is. It's a, a lot very of, mellow
1: Moscato. It's a, actually not very sweet.
0: A lot of the moscatoes I drink, because when I drink moscatoes recreationally, because <laughs> this is a job... Um, I go for the ones that are like really sweet, really bubbly. Like it's basically liquid candy. And so having an understayed Moscato, it's like, this is a grown-up Moscato. (sighs) This is like what people drink when they're on airplanes with their Xanax.
1: Right? First class. I'm kidding. That's screwdrivers. Depends on if you're flying in the morning or not.
0: Screwdrivers are good all day, every day. Look at it. Get that vitamin C in you. (laughs) <laughs> however you can <laughs> vitamin c vitamin d all day long all right well i believe i'm going first well, i sure. believe so all right well today i'm covering someone that i've been wanting to cover for a while but i was kind of like on the fence cuz there wasn't a ton of information so i finally was like i'm i'm a dig into it i'm going to figure this it. out so today i am covering mary jones Girl of ill fame, which is now my new favorite way to describe myself. Mm -hmm. Mary Jones was born on December 12th, 1803 in New York. Not much is known about her childhood, but we do know that she was assigned male at birth, but identified as a woman. It's likely Mary didn't receive much of an education, if any, and was illiterate because she always signed her name with an X. Mary was also a black woman. And that is relevant to the story, so uh, educational opportunities for black people at this time were not great, to say the least. What we also know is that Mary is a goddamn survivor. At the time of her birth, New York still allowed slavery! Just a few years earlier in 1799, New York passed the gradual emancipation law, which applied to children born of slaves after the law was passed. I Hmm. think we've talked about this before. I think, um, oh God, was it Elizabeth Grant? That was like episode six or something. We talked a bit about that. But I'm going into it anyway, because learning is fun. This meant that people already in slavery were trapped. They're screwed, but their children who were born after, you know, this law would be considered free after they'd reached the age of 25 for women and 28 for men. What a way to spend your 20s. Right. Jesus Christ. That's no fun. Yeah. In 1817, New York passed another law to emancipate slaves born before the 1799 Act, and this would free all existing slaves on January 4th, 1827. So depending on which of these laws applied to you, it meant that collectively slavery wasn't entirely abolished in New York until 1848. Hmm. Because existing slaves could be freed within 10 years in 1827. But if you were born after the 1799 Act, you had to wait till you were like 28. If you were a man or 25, if you're a woman, I don't know why men had to wait longer. I feel like there's some sexism going on in there and I don't like it. I hate all of it. Even after that, racism was rife and black citizens weren't entitled to the same rights as white citizens, which should come as a surprise to absolutely no one. Though New York was making progress, slavery was still thriving in the South, and the American Civil War was still over a decade away. So just to put you into perspective, like, this is just kind of the way it is. Like, abolitionists are fighting for it. There's some progress being made, but, like, the South is really heavy into the slavery. At some point, Mary enlisted as a U.S. soldier, presumably as a man because they wouldn't have let her otherwise. Yeah. I couldn't find anything about her service, but eventually Mary found herself in New Orleans. Oh. And I can't imagine New Orleans was a terribly safe environment for Mary, as it served as the largest slave market in the country. It was only in 1808 that kidnapping people from Africa and enslaving them in the United States became illegal. This was only five years after Mary was born. So I just, I just want to try, I know I'm throwing a lot of dates, but I just want to try to give, there's a lot of overlapping legislation about slavery and the rights of black people and whether they're free or not. And Mary is living in all of this and it, it's like, oh, you're free one place and not another. Like I, I, it's it's so weird, but I just want to try to give a picture of the, this landscape That she's living in. This also probably meant that there weren't a lot of opportunities for employment for a black person. Mary found work in a brothel working with what she called call girls or sex workers. Her job was to make the beds, greet clients, and collect their money. So she's kind of like a, like. Maid. uh, Office manager? Receptionist? Maid. And maid. Do it all? I don't know. She got it. she like secretary. She was like a brothel the, secretary. The maintenance executive. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was in New Orleans that Mary seemed to begin her transition, encouraged by the girls that she worked with, Mary began to wear dresses. The girls said, "Quote, she looked better in them."
1: Oh. So,
0: I'm not entirely sure like if she was already kind of like interested in. The girls were like, "Oh, honey, I got some dresses for you. Let's do this makeover montage. We gotcha. It's likely that Mary learned the tricks of the trade during her time in New Orleans because upon returning to New York in the 1830s, she became a sex worker herself. Hmm. In a progressive move for the time, Mary served clients of different races. Money is money. Let's just all say that right now. Capitalism does not like racism. It might actually, but I'm going to say it shouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) It was reported that Mary dressed in masculine attire during the day and feminine attire in the evening, especially while she was working as a sex worker. Times were tough, though, and she supplemented her income as a pickpocket. Mary's living dangerously. So that's where Mary ran into trouble and entered the historical record. On June 11th, 1836, Robert Haslam, a white mason worker, was returning home after soliciting Mary for her services when he noticed his wallet and the $99 it contained was missing. Oh, no. $99 would be a lot to be carrying around in your wallet today. Like... Back then that's I that's mean I insane. This, I guess this guy probably doesn't have checks. Definitely well, not and a debit. Maybe he card. just
1: got paid that day or something. Possible, but I'm like,
0: that's a fuck ton of money to be carrying around with you. But not to not to victim blame. I'm just saying ninety nine dollars in eighteen thirty six. I can't even imagine how much money that is today. Like insane. Yeah. In its place was a different man's wallet. San's money. <laughs> So she she picks his pocket and then like just so maybe he won't notice replaces it with a different guy's wallet that she's stolen. It's empty. I'm just kind of like that's bold. I mean, do we know it was her? Yes. Okay. Like I she's eventually convicted of this crime. She she maintains her innocence, but like she was definitely a pickpocket like for sure. The wallet apparently still had the owner's identification in it, though, and Robert sought this guy out. When confronted, the other man at first denied everything before finally admitting that he was one of Mary's clients and had also been pickpocketed. He didn't want to report the theft out of fear of, quote, exposing himself. And I'm not sure if it was exposing himself in the way of soliciting sex work. If it was in the way of like, oh, I got pickpocketed by this lady and that's embarrassing. Or if he knew that she was a trans woman and was like, oh, I don't want to like be outed. Right. Robber wasn't as concerned and he reported the theft. He's like, "Mm -mm, I want my $99 back. Bitch. I would also like want my $99 back. Mary was promptly arrested and when searched, her status as a trans woman was revealed. When her room was searched, more wallets were found. So she, she was definitely stealing. She was definitely a pickpocket. I also want to acknowledge, though, the uh, societal impact that being a black person had. Like, her opportunities for employment were few and far between. So, like, kind of respect the hustle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, okay, I don't condone it, but I understand it. Mary was tried for grand larceny on June 16th, 1836. Because the wheels of justice moved very, very swiftly in the 1800s. She shocked everyone by appearing in court in a wig, earrings, and a dress. Oh. The court behaved just as well, as we'd all expect, by laughing, taunting, and harassing Mary. (sighs) According to a newspaper article at the time, one man in the gallery actually whipped Mar- ripped Mary's wig off, causing the whole court to laugh at her. That's terrible. Just fuck it, like fuck you, dude. Like what? It's 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 so unnecessary and it's so mean.
1: Yeah, it's that's just degrading. Yeah,
0: like fuck you. Through Mary's testimony, we are gifted with a rare firsthand account from a trans person of color in the 1800s in the United States. When asked for her personal details, Mary said, quote, I will be 33 years of age on the 12th day of December next, was born in this city, and get a living by cooking, waiting, and live number 108 Green Street. When Mary asked was asked why she was dressed femininely, she said, quote, I have been in the practice of waiting upon girls of ill fame and made up their beds and received the company at the door and received the money for the rooms. And they in- induced me a dress in women's clothes, saying I looked so much better in them. And I have always attended parties among the people of my own color dressed this way. And in New Orleans, I always dress this way. Like this is she's like, That's I just I do am. like She also said, I have been in the state service. And that's how we know that she was in the military. But that's all we know. The trial was a sensation, not because she had committed some abhorrent or scandalous crime, but because a trans woman of color had committed a crime against a white man above her station. Hard eye roll. Right. I have a headache all of a sudden. I think I can see my brain. (laughs) My eyes rolled all the way back. This was during a time when terms like terms like transgender or even what we was now no longer politically correct transvestite didn't exist. So like even the more un like inappropriate terms like they didn't have words for it. Not that there have ne- there have never been words for people who are trans or non or don't or not gender Fuck, I can't talk today. Not gender conforming But these people certainly did not have the vocabulary to describe this. Right. Mary had committed a litany of social sins. Being a sex worker, being a person of color, committing a crime against a white man, defying traditional gender expression, particularly as a woman of color. And we still see this today that trans women of color are disproportionately targets of violence, victims of violence. And part of that is misogyny hating women hating people of color but also that someone would seemingly make the choice to be a woman when it's like why like that's you you betrayed your masculinity by dressing as a woman well actually they are a woman so shut up the papers got in on the hysteria and printed illustrations of mary dead naming her and dubbing her quote the man monster the thefts she committed were more of a footnote than the focus of the media coverage. It was all about demonizing her for being trans. I was actually surprised because the illustration of her I thought was going to be like almost cartoonishly offensive. It's actually kind of a lovely portrait of her. She looks, she looks very lovely in the illustration despite this really horrible title that she was given but that's actually i think the only image we have of her
1: that's insane
0: yeah despite all of this mary refused to wear more masculine clothing mary was found guilty of grand larceny and sentenced to five years in prison at sing sing arguably new york's most infamous prison if at least one of them i'm not super familiar with new york's prisons i think they have a lot of them and a lot of them are not none too nice after serving her time, Mary was immediately rearrested and sentenced to another five years for cross dressing. Yep. And it was, you know, they, they were just like waiting. They were just waiting for it. Mary would be arrested again in 1845 and serve six months on Blackwell's Island for, quote, and this is a quote from the newspaper which misgenders Mary, uh, but I am going to read. Hmm. I'm going to read the quote because one, is was printed, and two, I feel it does give a picture of the way that society and the public was viewing Mary. Quote, playing up his old game and sailing along the street in the full rig of a female. And this was according to the New York Herald. From this quote, I can't tell if they had a bigger issue with the pickpocketing or the cross-dressing. Like. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. After this, Mary disappears from the historical record. Though she was ridiculed at the time, Mary's story serves as a rare firsthand account of a trans person in the in 1800s America, and she's often cited as one of the first documented trans or gender variant people in New York. Not to say trans people didn't exist before because they super fucking did, but history wasn't too keen on preserving their stories. And I think it's very telling that we only know Mary's story because she got arrested. Like we know her story because she There's, entered yeah, court record, the criminal justice system. Which is insane. Yep, her legacy has grown into one of admiration as she refused to conform to traditional gender expression of the time, even in the face of public ridicule and harassment. Newspapers were writing about her in these in this horrible way, yeah. and they were obsessed. With what she was wearing and the way she was expressing herself versus like, oh, she pickpocketed. That's not cool. Like, and and part of me, I'm like. So in a
1: way, they were almost treating her actually like a woman because they're (laughs) obsessed with how she's dressed. Oh, God,
0: yes. It's the most feminine way they could have treated her. Jesus Christ. This was also uh, incredible as a black woman in front of a white court. So she was defying them not only as a woman, not only as a trans woman, but as a woman of color. This is why intersectional feminism is important. Right. Her story also shows variations in gender expression as Mary dressed in masculine clothes during the day and feminine clothes in the evening. During a time when there weren't any examples for her to follow as a trans person, Mary crafted her own identity and rules based on her own desires and limitations of the time. So in her testimony, she stated that she worked as like oh oh a cook and things like that. And I bet that those jobs almost required her to present as masculine. You know, like, like she, she was kind of able to conform to what she needed, but then in this way, she was able to express herself a little more truly. Yeah, I agree. Mary has been represented in art, literature, and television, a short film series called uh, Celestia by filmmaker Tourmaline, who herself is a trans woman explores Mary's life. And she kind of like takes liberties exploring the, massive gaps in Mary's life because obviously there are so many unknowns. I have so many questions and I would have loved to just kind of talk to Mary and kind of pick her brain.
1: It would be so fascinating. What, like
0: what a, what a unique insight that she had, you know? And I want to end this on an uplifting note because this has been kind of a bummer of a story. In his book, The Amalgamation Waltz, Race Performance, and the Ruses of Memory, author Tavia Nyango says of Mary that she, quote, transformed shame and stigma, not by transcending them or repressing them, but by employing them as resources in the production of new modes of meaning and being. Hmm. So she took control of her own life, her own narrative, and her own expression. And damn everyone else. And that is the story of Mary Jones, a girl of ill fame. Yeah. Which again, I love, I'm like, I love
1: that. It's a good way to say it.
0: Oh my God. I love that. It's like, um, it's like well-behaved women seldom make history. Right. Bunch of women of ill fame up in here. (laughs) (laughs) So not really. Yeah. I mean, not in the way they were talking about, but we're taking it back.
1: Yeah. We're taking it back (laughs) to mean something different.
0: Yes. We're fine. It's fine. So Kelly, who are you whining about today?
1: I am whining about Faith Spotted Eagle.
0: Ooh, I love that name.
1: Yeah, Native American or Indigenous people, because it's still Indigenous People's Month.
0: It is. You're right. I uh, I definitely fell off the trend. <laughs> we we didn't agree to do an official like month theme, so no. I ne- just we never do. I know. It, uh, honestly, it's sometimes it's just it just happens. It literally just happens. Yeah.
1: No, it's fine.
0: I'm just teasing you.
1: So Faith was born in the village of White Swan, which unfortunately is now beneath 140 feet of water or 43 meters um, at the bottom of what is known as Lake Francis Case, which was a reservoir created by the Fort Randall Dam, which was completed in 1953 as part of the Flood Control Act Act. It flooded White Swan, the surrounding areas, and scattered the residents that lived there.
0: Okay. I was literally just watching a video about how they, like the US government, targeted traditionally black communities, and they're like, let's flood this shit. You know, Get out. did it with a
1: lot of Native American lands too Yeah, for like hydroelectrics.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Lake Lanier has kind of an infamous reputation because it's it's super spooky. And that was a traditionally black community where the residents were harassed into leaving and then they oh, flooded geez. the place. And now a bunch of spooky stuff happens there. A ton of people drown and please don't swim in Lake Lanier. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it.
1: Um so Faith has recounted like remembering sitting with her father with heavy cane poles on the banks of where the tribal community lay um and she said quote my dad looked at me and he said you know my girl someday you're going to have to do something about all this she she recalls a far off look in his eyes and she remembers sitting on that bank on that summer day and thinking what am i going to do i'm 8 years old and he said you'll see
0: that is so sweet Also, it almost sounds like she's being given this mission, like you're going to have to do something about this, but it almost seems just like a, you're inheriting these problems. Like you're going to have to do something about this. It's, It's a little, it's a little inspirational and also a little despondent.
1: Right. I don't have much information other than that on, on Faith's, um, childhood. And she still lives in the area at nearby Lake Andes in South Dakota, she would go on to attend the American University in Washington, D.C. and Black Hills State College, and she holds an M.A. in Educational Psychology and Counseling from the University of South Dakota. Oh,
0: my God. So she is someone that you desperately want to talk to. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, my God.
1: So she speaks fluent Lakota because she is a member of the Yankton Sioux Nation. Um, so that's like the South Dakota, North Dakota Sioux area.
0: I feel like, we, I think we've talked about them before.
1: Yeah. I'd yeah. Probably. I, I we think probably we,
0: mentioned them. Oh, God. I wish I could remember the episode, but we were talking about the distinctions of like the different Dakota nations yep. and like there's Dakota, Lakota, Dakota Sioux. Like it's, yeah. Yep. I think we were, I think it was, um we were talking about Zikala Shaw maybe. Probably.
1: And she didn't, she was taught English in school. So she is a native Lakota speaker, but has English as a second mm-hmm. language. Um, so Face Spotted Eagle has been a private consultant in PTSD counseling for veterans and um, First Tribes people.
0: I also want to talk to her. Oh know, my right? God.
1: <laughs> so she does a lot of that. She was also a school council, counselor and a principal and a Dakota language teacher at Sinte Glesky College. She's a founding member of the Braveheart Society, which is an organization for teaching girls about traditional culture particularly like the First Nations cultures. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: Right? She is chair of the Hank Treaty Committee and manager of the Braveheart Lodge in Lake Andes, which seeks to preserve the Dakota cultural beliefs for the future.
0: Well, and it's such an important mission because beyond the physical devastation of displacing people murdering them taking right. their lands which I don't there's no way you can understate right. that um overstate whatever you know Both. what I'm saying it's bad but the destruction of the culture is right is also genocide and the yeah. fact that she's fighting to keep those traditions alive especially right. amongst the next generation is so important
1: well and I think that Paired with the consulting she does for PTSD, like, because like I said, she does it for veterans, but she also does it for First Nations people. Yeah. Like, I think that's so incredible.
0: Well, we were just talking about uh, generational trauma a little bit ago. Yes,
1: generational trauma is very sad, but very interesting at the same time. Very
0: sad, very real.
1: Look it up. I'm not going to get into it because I <laughs> literally do probably like a two-hour podcast on that alone. So look it up.
0: Join um, us for our spinoff podcast called Generational Trauma. Yeah. right.
1: So Face Spotted Eagle um in two thousand six actually ran for a seat in the South Dakota House of Representatives, um, for the twenty first district, which includes like cities like Buffalo and Lyman and like those counties. I didn't look up where that is, but <laughs> people who live in South Dakota will know. Yeah. Um she placed third in the Democratic Party primary out of three candidates, unfortunately. Um, but she did receive seven hundred and thirty five votes overall. Um, And she did win the most votes of any candidate in um, the Native American county of Buffalo. So, you know,
0: they showed up. People wanted her and they showed Um, up for her.
1: The interesting thing that I still think is interesting that she got 735 votes and she had been convinced to run for this seat and didn't actively campaign. Oh my god. She's basically just like, sure, put my name on the ballot and she still. Imagine got what would have happened if votes. she tried. No.
0: <laughs> Faith, honey. What am I gonna do about this? Run for office. Like right. actively do the thing.
1: <laughs> so Faith Spotted Eagle has criticized or previously criticized President Donald Trump following his use of the term Pocahontas to refer to Senator Elizabeth Warren. Mm. So this was in like 2016, I think. Yeah,
0: I remember this.
1: Um, she referred to the incident as an emotional assault that carries as much weight as a physical assault and said he can phrase it and twist it and distort it any way he wants. The fact remains that, that name does not belong in his mouth.
0: It super fucking does yeah, not. Yeah, so
1: he, she was not... Okay, with that, Yeah, she was very politically active. In fact, um, Faith Spotted Eagle has been a vocal opponent of all major oil pipeline projects in North America, including the big ones such as the Keystone XL Pipeline and the Dakota Access Pipeline. She spoke to CNN in 2016 at the Standing Rock Sioux Camp near the intended Dakota Access Mm -hmm. Pipeline. Those of you who live in particularly the Midwest in the U.S. will remember how big of a deal that was. At least I do.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I definitely made national news, but the Midwest, I don't know. It was like because c- it was just like a you know couple states away, right. state well, away. I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, right next door.
1: Depending um, on where you
0: are in the Midwest.
1: Yeah. So, and she, she is considered an elder of her tribe. Like mm-hmm. she's not a young lady anymore. Um, and she said the fight over the at the North Dakota land would be a battle that's not going to stop. She says, I think it's a rebirth of a nation, and I think that all these young people here dream that one day they will live in a camp like this because they heard the old people telling the stories of living along the river. They're living the dream. And so she's talking about all of these, you know, First Nations people, these young people that came to fight for their land, and they're living the kind of the way that their ancestors did because they were living in, like, teepees and, like, communal, you know, campgrounds, basically. And on their ancestral exactly. land. exactly, And so that, you know, like not only is are they trying to save this land, but it's also kind of like bringing back that, you know, tradition of all being together.
0: I never thought of it that way. That is so sweet. Yeah, I didn't either until I started researching her. Oh, my goodness. I also love, you know, it was it was really wonderful to see the level of activism, both from First Nations people and people of European descent, you know, right. And it it just, it blows my mind that like after everything that's happened, we're like, let's just take a little more. Let's just take a little more. We're just going to keep taking. It's like, could we just fucking, we took the whole goddamn country. Can we just stop? Stop. Like, can't we share? What do we need? Stop it. We have so many issues. Especially like
1: North and South Dakota, like basically very few European descendants live there. Yeah.
0: I actually, um, and and this is not related to First Nations, but I have a friend, she's of uh, mixed white and black heritage, Mm -hmm. and she has a relative from either North or South Dakota, and she's like, yeah, the racism... mm." It's bad. Yeah, like, I think her parents had to hide their relationship. Like, it was... It was really, it's, really It's bad. really
1: interesting that, like, those two states have a lot of issues.
0: Well, and I, I'm not here to call out North and South Dakota because we all do. Obviously, we are from Minnesota, and we have been in the national news for our issues. So, you know, those in glass houses should not throw stones. Yeah.
1: I just think it's interesting because they have such a low population, and maybe that's what the problem is, is that, you know, it, it, they have very homogenous. So, yeah. So, when someone is different— yeah, they stand out. Um. Anyways, Faith Spotted Eagle felt like running a pipeline through Native American sacred lands would be no different than if one per- if someone wanted to build through Arlington National Cemetery. That was her like equivalent. You know, she's like, and you know, I, we don't we don't ask to build something on your grave sites. Why are you asking to build on ours?
0: And I hate that when when an argument like that is being made you have to make it relatable to the person attacking you I know. and you you see it even in sexual assault where it's like that's someone's daughter that's someone's mother that's someone's sister it's right. like wow i can't believe i have to humanize this person to you in that kind of way for you to give a shit but here we go what if i built this through arlington national cemetery do right. you care
1: now yeah the way she simplified it is you don't disturb people that have been put to rest yeah um, like, so we have a lot, and it's awful. Right. <laughs> so she stayed there throughout that entire conflict, and unfortunately, we know how that ended. Yeah, they went through with it. So, like, she stayed there until, like, basically they kind of just kicked everyone out. Mm-hmm. So she would actually go on to receive one electoral vote for president in uh, of the United States from a man named Robert S- Saticum Jr., who is um, a Native American. He's... um. I think he's a radio host in Washington. He's he was what was known as a faith a faithless elector, which is probably my favorite term. But basically, it's a really simple way to put that. It's he's someone he's an he's an electoral college member that voted or attempted to vote for someone different than whom they were originally pledged.
0: I didn't know you could just like be a part of the electoral college.
1: I think it's a voted position.
0: I okay
1: like because you no, know like, I, I know it's made voted. up of people no
0: no no. no. I, I understand that I know it's a voted position I guess I thought they were all like politicians and not like a radio personality oh uh, he might be a political
1: radio personality. Yeah. I don't know that's, I didn't that's I didn't super, super look interesting into though him, but basically he what he felt that Hillary Clinton had failed Native Americans and he was actually like super for Bernie Sanders And so a lot of people were actually really surprised that he didn't do that. Yeah. But I guess what happened was there was another Native American electoral college member that, like, as they were casting their votes, started to play, like, a tribal flute. And this guy, like, just paused and was like, you know what? No. Like, I'm going to vote for Faith Spotted Eagle because he had talked to her a few times, met her in person, and was just like, this is the kind of leader our nation needs. So I thought that was really interesting. And she was super surprised when she got the news. Like she was like in town or she was picking her daughter up at the airport and a reporter told her and she like went up to her daughter and she's like, oh, I think it's fake news. Like, you know, yeah, like there's like no a way and his, his, her daughter's like, no, I think it's real. Like,
0: OK, can I just say she received however many hundreds of votes when she wasn't actually running and then she received one electoral vote when she wasn't running for president Can this woman please (laughs) run for president? try and run for something because (laughs) look at how well
1: you're doing when you're not even trying. Um, So, yeah, she was super surprised. And she said that like she said that she hoped the vote would increase awareness of environmental dangers of like pipeline projects and that she was now considering running for a state office.
0: I hope so. She she sounds like someone that has a really well-rounded background and who has their heart in the right place and is also bringing forth the perspective of a traditionally marginalized people, like super marginalized people.
1: So face spotted eagle is the first Native American to receive an electoral college vote for president. She is not the first to receive an electoral college vote overall, as Charles Curtis, who we mentioned I think last year, did receive the majority electoral votes to become vice president in 1928. That's right. I remember because we mentioned him and we were both like, I didn't know he was Native American.
0: Yeah, yeah, because we were talking about uh, Kamala Harris and how she is not the first.
1: She's the first female, but not the first overall.
0: She is the first female vice president of indigenous and Asian descent. Yep. And we were, but she is not the first of indigenous descent because yep, of Mr. Charles Curtis. Curtis.
1: Um, But like I said, she's the first one to receive a vote for president of Native American. um, And she and Hillary Clinton are the first two women to receive an electoral vote for president at all. Yeah. So that happened in the same year. Wow. Right? So two years later, Spotted Eagle, uh, Face Spotted Eagle in 2018 ran for one of two seats in the South Dakota House of Representatives. Um, She aimed to succeed a retiring Democrat. Um, She did lose the Democratic primary coming in third um but one of the other members withdrew so she ended up you know because they it's always the top 2 that go to the yeah. general election um so she was back in the race however she did not garner enough votes to win um coming behind the other democrat and then unfortunately the two republicans won both seats because mm-hmm. life um she is still out there doing her thing she's very much alive um She is still, you know, she's still a counselor, you know, with people with PTSD. She's still a member of, like, what did I call it? The Braveheart. Got to scroll back up in my notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Braveheart Society, where she, you know, she's teaching young girls about their traditional culture and running the Braveheart Lodge and basically just, you know, making people aware of what... Is going on in the world with this, you know, these people that were here before we were that. Yeah, we've just
0: completely marginalized. She she's. Positioned herself as like a spokesperson for indigenous people, obviously, she's not the only person speaking up but she does have a platform and she does have a voice and she's using it to fucking shout to the rooftops. Right. And
1: she is like currently in her seventies. I'm not going to say her exact age because you, you know, you never tell that's rude. (laughs) Um, but yeah, she's still out there like doing, doing her thing. She, you know, she has a few kids and stuff and she, you know, raised them in the traditional culture and everything, you know? And what I like is she's, she's embraced, like the modern life, obviously. Like she yeah. went to college, she speaks English, everything like that. But she's also still trying to preserve that heritage. And that's what we've talked about before is there needs to be that balance. Like you don't need to completely erase someone's identity to have them be a part of your society. Like they can still keep their cultural heritage and be a part of your society.
0: Yeah, the, this whole this whole idea of it's our way or the highway It's all or nothing. And the way that the United States government tried to erase indigenous culture through assimilation, Indian schools and a billion other horrific ways was not only meant to force indigenous peoples to conform to European ideals, but to also keep them subservient to us because we weren't we weren't promote, you know, teaching them advanced education in these schools basic yeah it was like here's how to cook and clean and serve me right so that way I can feel comfortable around you because you look European but I don't actually have to worry about you usurping my superior position or what it's right and so so it's, it's
1: it's nice to see you know people of indigenous descent you know getting that power back and being a force to be reckoned with and speaking out like obviously they have been for generations but clearly people are starting to listen
0: I can't believe I've never heard of this woman especially because she's so recent and with her like I've heard of all of these events
1: that yeah. she's been
0: involved with like I remember the Pocahontas fiasco I remember the Dakota Access like, Pipeline there's, there's I remember good, like a, a good good lot chance of chance like
1: read a quote from her but you didn't like you didn't process it In I In fact, didn't know like who it was what I thought was interesting is that at one point I can't remember if it was CNN. I don't think it was CNN. I think it was someone else, but they like tweeted about her when she won the electoral vote and they put spotted eagle in like quotes.
0: No, that's her name. And they had
1: to issue an apology and they were like, you know, I'm really sorry. Like sometimes when a side knows they're losing, you know, they'll just write in stupid names. So I'm really sorry. Like I didn't realize that was your name. And I'm like, how fucking ignorant are
0: you? It literally takes two seconds to Google something.
1: Like, when I read that, I was like, oh, that person shouldn't be a reporter anymore.
0: Also, is this a thing people actually do? Like, if you're losing the election, you like, submit your name as, like... I mean, like, I
1: understand maybe, like, me or you, like, a cop, like, what? I understand, like, maybe a common person, you know, writing in, oh, flying spaghetti monster, or, you know, something stupid, but someone in the electoral college... Like, you really think they're going to write in a fake name? That's super fucking... Yeah, I read that, and I was just like, I am officially disgusted. Thank you.
0: And it's not like we're unfamiliar with indigenous names.
1: Right? And it's like, like, do a quick fucking Google search. Like, literally, because, you know, and because she has been slightly more prominent because of, like, the Dakota Access Pipeline and stuff. It's like, you could very easily figure out that that was a real person. Good
0: God.
1: I mean, I guess part of me is like, at least she got an apology, but I'm like, no, it shouldn't have never got it. It should have never gotten to the point that he needed to issue one. He should have just done his fucking research.
0: That's so fucking stupid. You know, you have something that's interesting. I, uh, I don't always get things right on this podcast. Obviously neither of us do, but I do try to do my due diligence and even when I see something that's a little like, I don't know if that's totally true, I try to, you know, back it up or cross-reference it. Or, we'll or just or mention, say like,
1: hey, this might not be true. I found
0: this in one source. I don't know. And I remember I was, uh, I was an intern for a uh, nonprofit that helps, like, get children adopted and I was running their social media for this big fundraising event and it was all about like shoes and fashion and blah 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 and I made the social media post and there was this quote that I kept finding that was attributed to Marilyn Monroe I think it was and I don't know it was something about shoes and I was like Marilyn Monroe is one of the most misquoted historical figures ever. Anything that's even remotely glamorous or sassy is attributed to Marilyn Monroe. And I would anyone have cared if I made this graphic and said Marilyn Monroe said no, because a billion other things did. I could not find anything that. that she said this. In fact, I found many sources saying, yeah, she probably didn't. So you know what I did? I found a different quote because I couldn't even figure out who this quote was attributed to. Right. And I'm an unpaid intern with a nonprofit trying to promote an event that like, no one's going to care if I get it wrong. But you were talking about a real person and their real name and you were a real fucking journalist. What is happening? I know.
1: I was like, I know there was a lot going on in 2016.
0: But dear fucking god. Yeah. I if you if you don't have the time to get it right then you shouldn't be reporting it. Right. I I really I really despise honestly, the 24-hour like, news cycle. I feel
1: like it would be better for you not to put it in quotes and have it be a made up name versus you putting it in quotes and having it be a real name. Yeah. Like honestly in that case I would have erred on the side of caution and just been like fuck it no one's going to care if it's in quotes or not. You know what
0: you would have done though. You would have fucking googled it oh, if yeah, you didn't know. Oh, I definitely would have. Oh, Okay, well, rage, rage, fucking rage. Man, I can't believe I haven't heard of this woman. I'm definitely going to, uh, I wonder if she's on Twitter. Eagle. are you on Twitter? If not, you should be on Twitter. Are you on the gram? We'd love to talk to you because Kelly is a psychologist in training, and I would love to pick your brain about counseling vets with PTSD because God knows I need to know more about that. Also, I would honestly love
1: to learn. about I just about want to know about your life too. and yeah. your culture,
0: and like I just kind of want to know everything about you. Cause, good God, you are we'll, fascinating. We'll
1: halfway between wherever you are in North Dakota and where we are in Minnesota, fuck, I will go to North yeah, Dakota. Right.
0: I will, I will meet you there. Let She's done enough. Something. She has done enough.
1: <laughs> so, if anyone out here, North Dakota, and you know people, hook us up.
0: Yeah. Good God, we won't put your name in quotes.
1: No. Jesus Christ, that's just so. St- well, that's why I made sure. Like, I, if you notice, I switched between saying just "faith" and "faith spotted eagle" because I was like, you know, that's her name. That's her full name. Well, and I
0: like I'm seeing it, and it's always in full. It's Faith Spotted Eagle. It's not, you know, Miss Spotted Eagle. Did that? You know,
1: sometimes I I never saw them say Miss Spotted Eagle, but I did sometimes just see it printed as Spotted okay. Eagle. Which is weird because I was like, "Why wouldn't you put Miss?" But maybe that, maybe that is a First Nations thing that I don't know about.
0: Well, and you know what? Honestly, we talk about like some of the cool names on this podcast. That's a name. You say that whole goddamn mm-hmm. name. I'm telling you right now. You don't quote it. You don't hype it. You say it. Yeah, say her name.
1: It's about a eagle.
0: Damn right it is. <laughs> All right. Well, what are you thankful for him? Oh God. Okay. So I am thankful for two things. One, Veterans Day is over. <laughs> it uh, it wasn't. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, Jared. You know, could you ve- take the day off and just kind of yeah? Hang out? I so I take every Veterans Day off because haircuts. I I got a haircut. I got him his coupon for a free haircut. But Jared was having a really hard time. Aww. Veterans Day is really hit or miss for him. Um. And this was a miss. Uh, Fortunately, he was just kind of down. He didn't like, he wasn't being self-destructive. Yeah, he wasn't being self-destructive. He was, he just was not feeling it. But what was really nice is his favorite restaurant in town they did a veterans day deal last year and they did it this year too, where you got 50% off. So he got to get like a pound of fucking brisket and it was like very affordable. It was awesome. So that was nice. And it's nice that like his favorite restaurant does something for veterans day. And then we got 15% off of our groceries. That's nice. Yeah. So, you know, we got to indulge in some of the vet day deals. Um, he's doing a lot better today, which is good. And usually that's how it works with him. Once the day has passed, he's able to kind of move on. But, uh, so yeah, I'm 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 glad it it's come and it's gone and we can move on. What I'm super thankful for though is this last weekend we had his oldest niece over. She's almost two years old. Cute as a button. Like seriously, she's so adventurous, she's so independent. I took her to the playground and just watching her like try to figure out how to get over things and around things. Like you could see her trying to figure it out. And there were things like, um, do you remember those bridges? Yeah. Yeah. The like droopy bridges that bounce and shake. I was like, she's not going to do well on that. And she just fucking was like, I'm doing this. And even a few times she like fell on her butt and like slid down the bridge to the middle. And I was like, oh, gosh, you got to cry. She gets right back up and keeps going.
1: I've noticed most kids are pretty resilient as long as they fall on their butt. It is uh, when they fall forward that they freak. Like, even if they don't hit their head, I think, I don't know, like the sensation of, you know, that ground coming at you just freaks them out.
0: Yeah, and also if you don't react, like I can't tell you how often we had preschoolers fall on the playground. And you could tell it was not a bad fall. And then they get up and they look around to see if anyone's freaking out. If you freak out, they will cry. If you don't, they keep running.
1: Yep, and that's why usually like, I'm like, Oh, are you okay, buddy? Yeah. You know, like I try not to like raise my voice, you know, keep a level tone and then usually they're, they're fine unless like they actually hurt themselves.
0: But uh, I I got a lot of exercise because I was pushing her in the swing and we were playing a game where when she swung back, I jumped in front of her and I was like, you can't see me. And when she came at me like a little wrecking ball, I jumped out of the way and she was just giggling like a luna. I'm like, you kind of want to hit me, don't (laughs) you? She's a little psychopath. Oh, I love her. But then we had like a little movie night watching Monsters, Inc. She's just she's so sweet. It's been it's just been a delight to see her grow and develop. And she's such a vibrant little little child. And I'm really glad I got to spend that time with her. We watched a lot of Doc McStuffins. And can I just say that show is awesome. I couldn't do little baby bums because it's all just nursery songs. I'm like, I need something with a fucking plot right now because I am about to lose my mind. (laughs) Doc McStuffins is where it's at. All right, I learned some things. Good. <laughs> I think a lot of adults need some Doc McStuffins in their life right now. <laughs> Just saying, <That's> funny. <laughs> like they do. They do a little trivia at the end of every episode where it's like, if you have germs, what should you do? Should you play basketball? Should you knock down your blocks, or should you wash your hands? That's right, wash your hands. Like, thank you. <laughs> Finally, someone's saying it. <laughs> but it was awesome. It was awesome. She's so sweet. And we're we're so fortunate that we got to spend that time with her. Yeah, I love her. She's my little, little guberella. She's my little gooberella. And then she, she cuddled with me and she was like reaching up for me to pick her up. And I'm like, I'm never letting you go. But okay, now it's Sunday. Go back to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Emily needs a nap. Yeah, right. Auntie M needs a nap. That's funny. Yeah. It's cute though. Yeah, it was awesome. I can't wait to do it again. Kelly, what are you thankful for?
1: I'm thankful this week is over. It's been a long week. Yeah. Yeah, my the coworker that I that helps that we work together and support 14 units, she's gone for this week and next week. Oh, no. Yeah. So I just like this whole week I just basically like constantly felt like I was behind and it was so I'm very very glad it's Friday and I'm very like I'm very tired but ah, I'm also yay. like I'm also like yeah one more week to go
0: yep yep
1: and then like but I'll um the week after I'm only working two days because I'm taking Wednesday off and then Thursday's Thanksgiving and then Friday we're not allowed to work
0: oh my God is Thanksgiving coming up that quickly Yeah
1: and then it's December like I'm not even joking like one of the people that I work with we have meetings every Tuesday and she was like, okay so we'll have next Tuesday's meeting. And then I think we're going to cancel the one the week of Thanksgiving and then we'll meet again in December. And I'm like, no, except it's not because that Tuesday is still like, I think it's like November 29th. Or yeah, November it is. 30th. It's the, it's the 30th. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, technically it won't be December, but I get where you're coming at. And I'm like, Jesus, where did November go? I mean, except like when you look at it, it's, it's mid-November. It's November 12th today. Like... We still have a few weeks, but dear God, like when you think about that, yeah. I'm like, and so then I'm like, oh God, Christmas is coming. It means I need to buy Christmas presents and then I need to get ready for my new year's party.
0: <sighs> I have barely started to make a list of what I'm getting everyone this year. And honestly, part of me is like, can we all just agree not to get each other presents? Because I spent a lot of money on my remodeling project. And oh I, God, that's kind of where I'm at too. Honestly, don't yeah, have I'm the probably going to get
1: you something small.
0: Oh, same. But like
1: more like. Heartfelt, maybe. Yeah, I don't we.
0: Know. I literally texted Kelly. I was like, "Okay, I love you for that." What do you want and not want? Because I think we're getting to the age where it's like we've all collected a sufficient amount of crap. You know, I don't need keychains. I don't need wall art. I don't need this, that, and the other. I don't need more jewelry. Like, right? I can't. I can't handle it. Like, I and. A lot of my friends are in the same position where it's like, what can I even get you that you would actually use or want Honestly, I'm going to follow
1: suit and be like, okay. Can I get you
0: socks? Can I get you some sassy socks or something? What
1: do you, what do you want? What will actually like be useful? And then if the person comes back and they're like, hey, yeah, I could use a piece of wall art. I will get you fucking wall art. Cause I can find that easy. No problem. But if you don't need it, I don't want to get you it. Yeah. So we
0: had that text conversation where it's like, yeah, no jewelry, no this, no that. I will accept X, Y, and Z. And otherwise, kindly fuck off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, just give me 20 bucks in cash. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just like hug me when you give it to me or slip it in my tits or something. Yeah, exactly. Just find a creative way to give it to me. Slip it in my back pocket and just let your hand linger for a moment so I know that you love me. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I need. Alright, well thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About History. Please like us on Facebook, wherever the hell that is called now. Face space. Face space of books and looks and whatnots. <laughs> Whining About history. Instagram at w a h pod.
1: Twitter at WAH underscore pod. Our website is com, and our email is whiningaboutherstory at com, where we'd love to hear from you. We also have a Patreon where you can donate for as little as $1 a month help us keep the wine flowing and that's patreoncom story.
0: we uh, kelly and i are actually planning on like having our first accounting meeting and like tallying everything up and i think i totally it's...
1: forgot to make that spreadsheet
0: we'll do it it's
1: fun. i can make it this weekend and i will send it to you okay cool that?
0: but uh i'm excited because i'm excited for when we hit the milestone of it costs us nothing to make this podcast oh, I know.
1: I think I think we're closer than we think we are, but we haven't tallied everything. Yes, yet. yeah.
0: But yeah, that'll Plus, be awesome. we're like
1: stocked on wine for probably longer than we think we are, even though we both keep buying bottles of wine. I
0: really don't think we need to. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we're pretty good.
1: Especially since I have a wine advent calendar. It's am- going to be a thing. I'm going to do like Instagram Reels or Facebook Lives or something every day to talk about the wine advent calendar.
0: I'm so excited for that.
1: Yeah, she got really excited when she saw it. She was like, oh, my God. I was, never told her I bought it. I just kind of bought
0: it. It was funny because on the side, it says wine adventure. With and there's hyphen. a hyphen between the T and the URE. And I missed the part where it says in big, bold letters, Above wine that. advent yep. calendar. So I was trying to figure out. I was like, what a weird place to hyphenate adventure. Oh, adventure adventure. Oh, it's an advent calendar. Look up. Yes, wine advent calendar. Right.
1: <laughs> I th- it's a really cute box. I'll make sure to take a picture. And then obviously like on Fridays or whatever day we record, me and Emily will do it together. But and maybe it, maybe I'll give her a few bottles so that, you know, it's I can not do them just, at home. It's not just my face you have to see all the time. But I love your face. Oh, I love mm-hmm. your face too. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About Herstory. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. And have an empowered day. I